This week we talk about simulation theory and how reality is an elaborate illusion. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Swerve Podcast. I'm your co-host Izzo. Also joined here by Magnum, your other co-host. What's up, everybody? If you're a first-time listener and you're wondering what you've stumbled across, we're the Swerve Podcast, and we are two random dudes on a mission to understand everything in the universe, one obscure topic at a time. So our premise here is very simple. Every week, we pick a topic, usually listener-recommended, something that swerves off the mainstream path, hence the name of the podcast, and then we research it and discuss it on the fly during the pod. This week, we're going to be talking about simulation theory, which is crazy, as always. But before we get into that, Izzo, I think you have some words to say. I do. I just want to mention that we have a Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash the Swerve Podcast. And there you'll find two tiers. You'll find a $1 Ride the Wave tier, and that'll give you access to the bonus episodes that we we release each month on there you'll also get access to that entire library you'll get shout outs on the podcast and then for three dollars a month you can join the slap the ass tier and that'll give you access to those bonus episodes you'll get shout outs on the podcast but you will also receive all of our episodes both the main ones and the ones we release on patreon a few days before anyone else so you'll receive them on sundays rather than the typical drop time of wednesdays also by joining the slap the ass tier you will receive an exclusive sticker pack. So they're holographic stickers, weatherproof, they're sick. You can check them out on our Instagram. So you'll receive those for joining that tier. Excellent. Now we do have a tradition on this podcast. Izzo, would you enlighten the listeners? Of course, the tradition is that we like to drink and experiment with drinks while we record these episodes. So sometimes we'll take in listener-recommended drinks, we'll create classic cocktails or we'll just keep it basic and we'll let you know what we're doing here so for myself i made a king kong shot and that is jack daniels and banana liqueur so i already had the shot but then i decided because i love those shots i was like what if i add some coke zero to it so then i just made a drink of banana liqueur jack daniels and coke zero dude that sounds that sounds amazing um where where did you find banana liqueur? Just like any liquor store. Dude, I can't find it. I, I like three liquor stores. They're like, it's, you can't get a hold of it. Like, we can't get a hold of it. I'm like, really? I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I can't get a hold of banana liqueur. The only place I found banana liqueur, it wasn't the liqueur. It was like some pre-mixed bullshit that's like 10% in like a Mickey. Hmm. And that was my only option. No, this one is like uh, like a Guinness not a not the gear not the beer Guinness, but like just a McGuinness brand of banana liqueur. I bought it a while ago, so like last year. Okay, but it's still still good. I guess right now there's a shortage on banana liqueur in Canada, <laughs> according funny. to like <laughs> the liquor stores I went to. It was outrageous. I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" They're like, "No, I'm like, no, seriously." I'm like, "Okay, well." Anyways, I have a shot that i've prepared as well usually we do drinks but i mean we got some shots this was uh I'm trying to show Izzo this this is called a tide pod mm, you see okay so it's a three-layered shot this was a recommendation by robert freeman one of our loyal patreons it's basically uh it's the three layers the first layer is irish cream and then you layer on top um i can't even re- blue curacao <laughs> Yeah. I might have said that wrong. I don't fucking know. And then an orange dry curacao. And it's uh it's delicious. So I'm gonna start the pod with this. You know, all the kids have been eating Tide Pods <laughs> and we're just drink we're just drinking them. It's great. It it does look like a Tide Pod. Yeah. If listeners are interested, uh, we'll have photos and drink recipes on our Instagram of the drinks we featured in this episode. So cheers pretty, to that. It's pretty funny that we both picked shots for this episode yeah yeah <laughs> just out of coincidence yeah that is weird we didn't even talk about it or is it a coincidence <laughs> synchronicities yeah anyways let's hop into today's episode let's uh get into the basics here so simulation theory let's talk about it this one is crazy 
Um, basically, simulation theory proposes that all our existence is a simulated reality. Basically, what that means is our perceptions and experiences are not occurring, occurring in base reality. They are artificial. So, Izzo, before we get any further into the basics, have you heard of this topic before we researched it? Yeah, I have. First, like, first mainstream, or not mainstream, but like the first memory I have of it is when Elon Musk started commenting on it. I'm like, okay, yeah, then it makes sense. But I, uh, yeah, even before <laughs> that, like simulation theory just always kind of made sense. And it was just too eerie uh, at the time for me to like want to learn more about it. Um, but yeah, it's like the more and more you think about it, the more and more it makes sense. So I, I do enjoy this topic. So Yeah, that's essentially where I'm at as well. I think... I, I, not that I fully subscribe to this notion, but like it's when we get into the logical rationale or the logical steps to getting to simulation theory, it's really hard to deny that it's not at least a possibility, which sounds mm -hmm. insane. Like it sounds insane, but we'll get into it and we'll see what listeners think um, as we get through this. So simulation theory, this is a form of epistemological skepticism. So epistemology, this is the study of how one knows something. It's like philosophy about knowledge. How do you actually know what you think you know? So epistemological skepticism is doubting what we can know, doubting that we can know anything for certain. So if, any, if everything we think that we perceive was really just the result of a simulated reality, did we really know anything, right? So like just your knowledge, like to put a, you know, a brass tacks example, like I, I just drank a Tide Pod shot. I know I drank a Tide Pod shot, but if this is just a simulated reality, I don't, I don't have any knowledge, real knowledge of that. That was just some kind of illusion that, that whatever the fuck I am, my consciousness is perceived. Yeah. I, I'll, I hate this. I hate this <laughs> because it, it just like, <laughs> I've seen it like used in arguments before. It's kind of like that whole thing. It's like, oh, why? How do you know that's actually happening to you? It's like, well, you don't. You just kind of are assuming that the what we're experiencing right now is reality. So just accept it at that. But they're like, no, you can't even do that. How do you? How do you really know? I just hate it. <laughs> like trying to talk to somebody about it, and like that's their defense. It's like, well. How do you know it's actually true? It's just annoying. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I mean, I do understand like how it makes sense of the simulation theory, like both raise doubts about the reality of our perceptions and the capacity to discern the truth. Yeah, I, I understand. It's, it is annoying the going down that rabbit hole, but that kind of brings you to like Descartes where it's just like, I, the bedrock is I think therefore I am. Yeah. Right. Cause like in thinking it's just an axiom, you must be, because otherwise, how could you perceive the thought if you yeah. if you weren't? So that's kind of like all that shit goes down to the same. That's how you know that like at least your consciousness is aware of something. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like what your consciousness is embedded in. We actually, yeah, I, I mean, it's a no. Yeah, I agree. It can be annoying, but it's true. Like you actually can't prove that yeah. it's brain. It's it could be anything. This could we could be a brain in a vat being. Yeah. And this is our perceptions. But at the end of the day, like, even if that was the case, I'm not saying that, I don't know, some people, when I was reading about this, they, they take it as like very nihilistic. They're very like, oh, so like nothing matters. And it's like, well, no, that's kind of like the worst possible takeaway you could ever have. Because it's <laughs> like, even if it is all simulated and you are just a brain in a vat, it matters right now in this moment. And like the relationships and interactions you have and the, the goals and desires you have they all matter in your perception. So like, you know, I don't like the nihilistic side of simulation theory, whether it was, is real or is not base reality. To me, it doesn't matter. Kind of like you were saying, it's like, I'm still going to achieve my goals. I'm still going to do the best I can in my relationships, whether it's friends, girlfriends, and family. It doesn't really change any of that 
you know what i'm saying like yeah, exactly. so maybe we should even say that off the beginning because like by the time we get to the end of this like probably a lot of listeners will be like oh fuck i'm i believe in simulation theory so like <laughs> it doesn't change how you behave like act right like you still have meaning right like even even if it is all fake at least from my perspective yeah i would also agree i mean unless the plug gets pulled and everything just stops like you you keep going whatever this is it keeps going exactly so so one distinction i want to make next in the basics is that simulated reality is not the same as virtual reality so this is something that can this can cause some confusion uh, when i was doing some reading but basically virtual reality is distinguishable a true simulated reality would be impossible to separate from base reality so we're not talking about like a virtual reality. We're talking like sh- straight simulated. Like if if we look into cells, we're going to see DNA. And if we like, you know, break down DNA, well, you know, like, like if you had an electron microscope, it's like you're going to see very fine detail and you could like see viruses and shit. You know what I mean? Like it's like that perfectly simulated. It's not like a virtual reality. Cause like you say, we had like a headset on, you were like in a game or something. It's like, I don't know. You probably couldn't, you could only like the, at some point there things would be pixelated. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But this is not that it's like, nothing is pixelated. It's like a perfect simulation of it. So that's a distinction to understand as we move through this. Basically, the whole simulation theory, there's a lot of, we'll get into some history of it, but really it was popularized by this guy named Nick Bostrom in 2003. He is a philosopher and he had some philosophical writings about it. Although, you know, he popularized this, the hypothesis is disputed. So some examples of some prominent people, there's this theoretical physicist named Sabine Hosenfelder. She calls it a pseudoscientist. Or sorry, not a, she calls it a pseudoscience. A pseudoscience. Um, and this other guy, he's a cosmologist named George F.R. Ellis. He said that it is totally impractical from a technical, a technical viewpoint and that protagonists seem to have confused science fiction with science. Late night pub discussion is not a viable theory. So there's very smart people that like get highly offended by this. And I don't know why you would. I don't know. I think it's for me, like maybe we'll save it for final thoughts, but it just seems like like your ego is like dissolving. And you're like, you just can't handle it. So you're just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see why they would uh, criticize it so much. It's just a theory. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really take away from what they're trying to do. No, not at all. So you kind of already mentioned this, but a prominent figure that does believe in simulation theory is elongated muskrat. Our boy, Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, and owner of Twitter, and what else? I don't know. He owns tunnels. <laughs> this guy, he I have some quotes from him. So this is a quote from Elon Musk. He said the following quote. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, games will eventually be indistinguishable from reality. It's most likely we're in a simulation. There's a one in billion chance we're in base reality. End quote. So that's what Elon Musk has to say. And yeah. we had him on the pod for, he he joined <laughs> us for the podcast. He only had that amount of time to say that. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, those Elon two Musk. quotes are from like uh, two different interviews. So that second one, the one in a billion chance, was from a code conference in 2016. Yeah. And then he just like restated it in a different way in 2018 for a recode interview. Um, but yeah, so it was just, it's not from the same day. It's two years apart and yeah, he's a big proponent of it, believes it, talks about it. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is. So I want to shift out of the basics now and get into some of the origins of where simulation theory has popped up here and there before we dive into the argument, like the logical argument for it. Um, but like, you know, questioning base reality, this is not new this is something contemplated for a long time the simulation theory is just like kind of a modern technological update of past theories so for instance plato's cave is one form of simulation theory basically 
like prisoners were the the this is how the thought experiment goes so prisoners imprisoned in such a way that they can only see shadows of figures emitted onto a cave wall in front of them so like what like i don't know they're just chained up so they can only look in front of them and all they can see in front of them is like a lit up cave wall but if you had like you were doing like puppet figures and shit in the background and you were showing shadows and they would assume that those shadows were like talking even though it's not really the case they're just shadows yeah. Essentially, it's like, essentially, it's what you see is your reality. Exactly. If the prisoners were to be, like, released and they would see the world, it's like their reality is completely altered because now they're in this different world where they can see what's making the shadows rather than, you know, their previous view of, you know, this is my world, this is what I'm seeing. I just have to assume that what I'm seeing is is reality, my reality. Right. Yeah, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like, in, if we are in a simulation, it would be like we all of a sudden have exited the simulation, and we can see what causes the simulation. We're like, yeah. oh, that's why I see like this, or like that's why I saw this, or believed that, or whatever. There's this other one. It's a butterfly dream of Zhang Zi. This is an old Tao parable of a philosopher who dreamt he was a butterfly, then woke up, and he wasn't anymore he wasn't a butterfly anymore because he woke up it kind of points to the notion of how do we know what we are perceiving is real so this is just a quick version of the story but once Zhang Zi dreamt he was a butterfly a butterfly flitting and fluttering around happy with himself and doing as he pleased he didn't know he was Zhang Zi suddenly he woke up and there he was solid and unmistakable Zhang Zi but he didn't know if he was Zhang Zi who had dreamt he was a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming he was Zhang Zi. Between Zhang Zi and a butterfly, there must be some distinction. And it's just like some weird parable. Kind of yeah. points at the exact same thing we're saying, but I don't know, it's kind of funny. That's a cool uh, one. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, why, 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 why is that? I don't know. It's just so funny to me. You know, like, <laughs> What if he actually is a butterfly just dreaming he's a person? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like some it's weird funny, but like shit. the first time I read it, I was like, holy shit. Like, you can't disprove either one, but I don't know. It's just funny thinking that he's a butterfly. <laughs> I am actually a, a butterfly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It'd be crazy. Uh, Indian philosophy is, uh, they have the philosophy of Maya, So Maya originally denoted the magic power with which a god can make human beings believe in what turns out to be an illusion. So the Indians have been talking about this for a very long time. It's this is the whole point I'm trying to make is like this is not new. It's just what Nick Bostrom is going to do is add like a technological element to it, which we'll talk about. Uh, And it kind of bolsters his argument. So. Let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about Nick Bostrom and his interpretation of simulation theory. So I'm going to walk through this in the way I like to think about it, and then we'll go through like his actual like logical points that he makes that like you have to accept. He makes like three points, and you have to accept one of them, essentially. But this is how I like to think about it. Basically, it's kind of we generally hold a belief that the future will have more computing power and this is just kind of obvious right like computers are better every year microchips get smaller every year you can process more you know it's it's kind of obvious at this point like computation gets better as the future as we encounter the future yeah so that's like one thing to keep in mind now if we assume that prediction is correct which it has been for a long time This means that at some point in the future, just at some point, we're not saying when, we're just saying at some time point, future generations will possess computers of unbelievable power. So like, we've kind of talked about this on the podcast before in the Transcension Hypothesis episode, but like, think like super quantum galaxy black hole computers, like just like the most ridiculous shit that you could never, we can't even imagine what the computation mechanism would be. But like it's even beyond like quantum computers that are being worked on. It's like we're like using like black holes and like multiverses, like stuff we don't even understand. But there's just like we're using it as a way to compute. Okay, so we we can't 
that's we don't know yet, but we just know that it's going to be very, very good at doing computation. Now, these future computers likely would possess the capacity to simulate the reality of previous versions of the universe, or at least like parts of the universe, yeah. like at past points, maybe not the entire universe, but at least parts. We can reason this because we already use computers to simulate reality. This is another important point. So, you know, we, we already do this. Like, isn't there, there's like Facebook, like became a meta because they're like, oh, we want to do virtual reality and like simulate reality and shit. People do this all the time with like games and stuff. We already are doing this. So what that means is if we have sufficiently advanced technology, we can reason that we would likely do the same. We would try simulate things because we already do that with computation. So why wouldn't we continue to do that? Even if it has nothing to do with games and stuff, people like simulate weather and like, I don't know, markets and stuff like it. People do this all the time. The difference is our simulations are coarse grained due to our mini minimal computation, whereas the future computers would be extremely fine grained. Like there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be pixelated. It would be a perfect simulation like we were talking about earlier. So these future computers could run millions of simulations and basically like any past version of reality or even like new realities, they, they could do that. Now, if this reasoning holds, which I think it does, then what are the chances we are in base reality right now, given we are already advancing computation and working to simulate realities? That's how I think about it. Did that make sense or am I crazy? So essentially, like we've reached the point in the simulation that we're currently in where we're trying to create simulations. That's essentially what it's saying. It's like the simulation has kind of is reaching its endpoint where they're almost ready to create another thing that's already being done to them yeah maybe i was more so thinking just that like simulated reality is kind of is highly likely an inevitable an inevitability yeah. more so because computation is going to get better and we know we already simulate stuff so like when computation gets better we're going to simulate things better mm -hmm. we're already on that trajectory so for me the future computers that simulate things very, very well is like, it's inevitable. So if that's true, if that's true, then how can we, you know, what are the odds that this is base reality? Out of millions, billions of simulations possibly, like, you know what I mean? Like what? It seems very low. Yeah. It seems very low. So, uh, I have a quote from Nick Bostrom. So this is what Nick Bostrom concludes. He says, quote, It is then possible to argue that if this were the case, we would be rational to think that we are likely among the simulated minds rather than among the original biological ones. Therefore, if we do not think that we are currently living in a computer simulation, we are not entitled to believe that we will have descendants who will run lots of such simulations of their forebears. End quote. And see, I agree with that as well. I agree with that. And we'll get into we'll get into the, the arguments here. But basically what he's saying there is like, you know, we either believe that we won't have better computation in the future. Or if you do believe we'll have better computation in the future, this is probably the simulation. <laughs> like, like, you don't get to have both. Like, it's one or the other. And yeah. not quite. There's 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 actually three variants. And well, let's maybe this is the time to bring it up. So this, this line of reasoning, it brings up what's called the simulation argument trilemma. And it's a trilemma, not a dilemma, because there's three options. But I, I actually just, I should point out right now, I think the trilemma has become like whatever, the, whatever five is. Like there's like five versions now instead of three. Mm, but okay. we're going to go with the three because what, the, the other ones are kind of stupid. They're like very like niche bullshit that like mm. didn't need to be said. The pentalemma? <laughs> yeah, something yeah, the pentalama. <laughs> <laughs> so, given the above reasoning that we just talked about, there are three possible outcomes. The first is the fraction of human level civilizations that reach a post human stage that is one capable of running high fidelity ancestor simulations is very close to zero. So, if you believe in number one, what you're saying is. 
We're not going to be able to run simulations, you know, a billion years from now when we're using like quantum galaxy black hole computers. That's what you're saying. In number number two, the fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof is very close to zero. So if you believe in number two, what you're saying is, no, we will have super quantum black hole galaxy computers, but we just won't want to run simulations. Or the final one, three, the fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close to one. Meaning this is, you know, we're, we're probably, this is the simulation. Those are your options. You either think we're not going to reach a technological point where we run simulations, or if we do reach a technological point where we run simulations, no one's going to want to do that. Or three, this is a simulated reality. <laughs> yeah. So, so what is it? I mean, I kind of said off the top why, you know, I, it's, I go with three because, like, I don't think two or one makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I would go with three as well. I believe that we will have the technology capable of it at some point in time. And we're already doing simulations, like trying to figure, model whatever we want in our lives to make it easier to make our, you know, decisions better. So we need those like predictions and simulations enable us to like do that. So we already want to do it. So there's no reason why if you're capable of it, nobody will want to do it. So it only leaves three as like a viable option out of those. Yeah. It's strange. This is what I was saying in the basics. I'm like, listeners, Hey, you're probably going to be like, oh, like simulation theories on the table. Because like, it's like, that's all you got. Those are yeah. your options. Those are your options. And uh, like kind of just dovetailing off what you just said, like giving, you know, we already present day run simulations and try and improve them. It's like, it seems like we're going to move in that direction. So at the very least, what we can say, we can't say for certain one, two or three is certain, but we can say that there's probably less credence for one and two given these are already happening present day so three might have like slightly more credence than one or two you can look yeah. at it like that like nothing's certain but like it just seems like three has a higher probability if you just think about it now like again i just want to reiterate that we're saying like a post-human civilization this would be like incomprehensible computing power so another thing to say about this is even if like say two is a thing where like no one we're saying no one wants to run simulations even if there was 0.001 percent of these future people with these future computers like even just even if it was just one of them out of trillions of people or something if just one of them ran an ancestor simulation or a high fidelity simulation um, that was indistinguishable from reality. The point is, there would be billions of these simulations. You know, there wouldn't just be one. So, like, the the number of sims. So, like, I'm just going to use the word sims to refer to like a simulated reality entity at this point. The number of sims in the universe or the multiverse, whatever the fuck it is, they would greatly exceed the number of actual ancestors. So let's say there's a, you know, a billion years from now, let's say there's like 10 trillion, I don't know, human-like neural link fucking humans that like we have galaxy computers. Even if just one of them ran a simulation, it's not like they would just run one. They could have the ability to run like, I don't know, like theoretically trillions more than that, right? Whatever yeah. the computational load would be. And in just doing that, there would be more sims than real people. So it's like, again, it's like, so like, what are the chances this is base reality? Like, we're base reality or are we a sim? Hmm. Probably a fucking sim, dude. This yeah. is like Sims 2. Like, <laughs> pets, in the, pets or what, in the city or like, whatever. I don't know. You look like your mind is melting right now or something. Mm. What's no, happening? I'm just... Yeah, I'm trying to make sense of it all. Just having a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. 
I mean, current day simulations, it's like not not like we're running one or two simulations when you do like modeling. It's like you're running millions of these things trying to get like an average of what what you think will happen. So of course, if one of these future people runs a simulation, it's going to be billions of trillions of simulations trying to like replicate what we're currently living in. Before we continue the episode, if you're enjoying our podcast that does not actually exist, the people you hang out with probably will too. Do us a solid and please pass on this episode to your social media friends on Facebook, Twitter, or other platforms. We would definitely appreciate your support. I'd also like to take this time to shout out some of our valued listeners. Shout out to Caleb underscore Moyers, Rectangular Square, Nina Vera, Knit Ever Construction, Jerry underscore Halpern, Anne underscore Marie underscore 19 underscore 71, Bruce Wayne, Austin underscore 15, Fenderhead, Snakes and Knives, Kill Duff the Odd, Rob J. Solis, Master Pupil, and Dominica Pragmatic for liking our stuff on social media and reaching out to us. Also, epic massive shout out to Jerry McClellan, coming in at that slap that ass tier on Patreon. Also, big props to Tyler Davis for slapping that ass too on Patreon. And finally, huge shout out to Show Me Your Guts coming in at that slap that ass tier as well. Enjoy the holographic stickers. Your support is extremely appreciated. To everyone else, please feel free to submit your topic or drink recommendations at theswervepodcast.com and may good karma and vibes with all of you. Back to the show. Even if it's just a troll, right? Like, it's just, like, one guy, he, like, got a hold of a galaxy quantum super black hole computer, and he's just like, I, I'm just going to run, I'm going to run 10 trillion simulations of, like, 1990 to, like, 1999, so I could go to, like, Woodstock 99, bitch. <laughs> and it's, like, Limp Bizkit and shit, and, like, he does what he wanted to do, and it's just, like, slight variations. Like, you know, Fred Durst is, like, a fucking like cat <laughs> like singing like you know and it's just like it's just a troll but like we could be a part of i mean i guess we're past the 1999 so like my example doesn't work but the the principle remains the same yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah we don't know and the thing is like we don't even like all we know is the present we don't know our past so like even if this is a simulation like the simulation could just be a like a one second thing but like all of our memories are just encoded in that one second. So it just feels like we've been around for like X number of years, but we're really not, you know what I mean? Like this, this, this simulation can constantly change and evolve and you wouldn't know because your memories would just be updating as it changes. Mm -hmm. Just because you're like, don't remember just because you're like, Oh, I remember the past. So I know that happened. That actually doesn't mean that you know it happened. That's true. Yeah. When you put it that way, simulation theory is fucked up. I want to make a note that Bostrom states that he personally sees no strong argument as to which of the three trilemma propositions is the true one. I have some quotes from him again. So on that point, this is kind of his reflection. He said, quote, If one is true, then we will almost certainly go extinct before reaching post-humanity. If two is true, then there must be a strong convergence among the courses of advanced civilizations so that virtually none contains any individuals who desire to run ancestor simulations and are free to do so. If three is true, then we almost certainly live in a simulation. In the dark forest of our current ignorance, it seems sensible to apportion one's credence roughly evenly between one, two, and three. See, I, I, I'm not sure where that quote was. I think it might be from his book that he wrote. I think he's updated that since, kind of using the same logic as like, well, computers are getting better and we simulate things more. So like maybe three is more likely. Okay. But even when you were just reading that, so I think he's updated his opinion. But even when you're just reading that, I was just thinking, like you could actually believe number one, like this is base reality and we're not going to get there because you might believe that there's like a great filter event, like say AI, that like destroys everyone. So it's like, we can't even get to that technological level because we'll destroy everyone. Okay. However, if that's your belief, then you also believe that whatever AI entity comes into existence doesn't get to the point where they make simulations either. Cause they could just simulate like, right. Why yeah. not? Why can't okay. you simulate? You know what I mean? As long as yeah. there's something with an intelligence, 
and the intelligence progresses, or at least the intelligence makes computation progress, it could simulate any past reality. So it doesn't quite get you out of it completely, in my opinion. Should we talk about some critiques? Because this is, this is, I don't know, for people who aren't familiar with the simulation theory, maybe like, I don't know, the brain has left the skull and it's on the floor and <laughs> you need to pick it up and put it back in. So let's, let's talk about some critiques. So some dismiss this argument or this argumentation as merely philosophical, unfalsifiable, or inherently unscientific. unscientific. I don't know. To me, that's just like word garbage. It's kind of just like weak sauce bullshit. Um, so yeah, it's just philosophical. It's like, so <laughs> like, you know, like what's, what's wrong with that? Just because it's philosophical doesn't mean that there isn't, you can't consider it again. We're not saying this is certain, but like you should be able to consider it. Yeah. Some critics propose that the simulation could be in the first generation and all simula simulated people that will one day be created do not yet exist. So this is true as well. We could be in base reality and we haven't generated any sims yet. But like for me, I kind of take this argument as like, I know it's very similar to in medieval times when they believed that Earth was the center of the universe. They're like, well, of course the, the Earth is the center. And then like you get like telescopes and you're like, oh, fuck. Like we're not even, yeah. we don't even matter. They're essentially saying like, yeah, we're the first generation. We're the real people. That create the simulation. Yeah, it's completely it's like, sure. ignoring the fact that we could be the simulated people. Yeah. I mean, like, it's true. I can't refute it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just, it's kind of rhymes with thinking the earth is the center of the universe. The cosmologist Sean M. Carroll argues that the simulation hypothesis leads to a contradiction. He says, if humans are typical as it is assumed and not capable of performing simulations, this contradicts the arguer's assumptions that it is easy for us to foresee that other civilizations can most likely perform simulations. And, you know, I, I like Sean Carroll a lot, actually. He's a physicist. He, he has cool books. He has a cool website, The Preposterous Universe. But I think he's just fucked on this one. He's Basically, he's just arguing for two. He's like, there won't be simulations. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. We know. You know what I mean? Like, those are the options. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can you can believe one, two, or three. It's it's where do you put your credence most mostly in? And I guess for him, he's saying it's two. So, I mean, obviously, if simulations aren't possible, then simulation theory can't be possible. But why would mm -hmm. you think that simulations are, like, what level of, where would, you know, I just don't see where that would come from. We have simulations, motherfucker. My <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like the indistinguishable simulations. Yeah, from base reality. I guess, yeah. But if he's arguing too, then he's saying it will be possible in the future. We just won't want to do it. Or it's like a Maybe. variant of two. Yeah, it's just not possible to simulate. Like, yes, we will have super quantum black hole galaxy computers. We just won't, you won't be able to simulate to that fidelity. Because we're just too special currently. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I don't know. That's a, it's a critique, but I don't like it. And I'm sorry that I'm going through the critiques and shitting on them all <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but this is how we're doing it. Physicist Frank Wilzak, he says, he says, okay, if this is a simulated world, what is the thing in which it is simulated made out of? What are the laws for that? End quote. To me, this is like a Tower of Turtles argument. The simulation theory doesn't purport knowledge of the fundamental composition of base reality. It's just that we are likely not in it. So he's, he's somehow mistaken that base reality needs to be composed of like quarks and like gluons and shit that like make neutrons and protons and we you know like we don't that doesn't need to be the case that's just the best case our best case guess of what things are made of but like what makes up a quark we don't want fucking know you know what i'm saying so like the simulated reality doesn't need we don't need to know what 
base reality is made of at all for this to be a simulation. I don't see how the two are connected. Yeah. I I agree with that. Cuz he's ba- I think what he's trying to say is like, well at some point like it's got to be made of something and it's like yes, but like we don't need to know that. We just need like the whole point is that this isn't, you know, the likelihood of this being base reality is small. So I don't know. That's yeah. a critique. It's a critique. It's out there. It's out there. I could be wrong too. Like I don't know. I I I I could just be very biased in my uh <laughs> in my interpretation of this whole thing maybe there are really good arguments and i'm kind of making a farce of them but i could be wrong i don't know i tried to like look at more criticisms and yeah it's no <laughs> you, you, you can't disprove it so the only criticisms are just opinion based this yeah. is exactly what we're bringing up is just hey there, there's these people that are in the field of science and they disagree with it but their arguments are don't have any merit to them really yeah just opinions uh another critique is some will point out that there is currently no proof of technology that would facilitate the existence of sufficiently high fidelity ancestor simulations so i mean yeah this is yes we can't high you know we don't have the ability to do this right now but like that kind of the point is that technology is advancing in general so that kind of lends credence that future technology would be better and capable of a high fidelity simulation. I don't I don't like that one either. It's like it's like it's do you believe that we'll be have better technology in the future or not? That's kind of what it comes down to me. If you say yes, then at some time point, I'm not saying the next hundred years or thousand years, it could be millions of years, there could be this technology. We don't know for certain. There's a lot of time between a million years and now. Yeah. But like my general assumption is that technology will advance. As long as there's like intelligent entities around, whether it's humans or an AI system, that seems to be where things go. So... This is a good argument, this next one, that there are limits of computation. And this, if you listen to, I don't know, people who are really well-versed in computer science and physics, like they're like, yeah, there actually are limits of what you can compute. So maybe you actually, it would be challenging to compute, I don't know, like a certain simulated reality. So like, this is actually a decent argument. Um, but like my my opinion on it is that like future technology is like an X factor, like we don't we don't know like we can say there's a limit to computation but like all of a sudden if you can like harness a black hole and like i don't know like a million other universes cuz it's like a multiverse it's like well you don't actually know like what where the limit would be in that case yeah it's just a limit based on like how we do computation now but like there could be new properties of physics within a black hole like you know, we can't say that there's not that would enable that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. In 2019, philosopher Preston Green suggested that it may be best not to find out if we're living in a simulation, since if it were found out to be true, such knowing might end the simulation. And to that, I say, give me the fucking red pill, baby. Let's <laughs> fucking go. If this is a simulation, I would. I don't give a shit. I would take the red pill every day of the week. Let's do it. Let's. If it is, let's fucking go. Hmm. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I mean, I would want to know, but I'd take the blue pill. Stay in the simulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, dude. If right now, like Morpheus showed up, <laughs> yeah, just anything. Something popped up, and it was like, hey, you know, like you're actually. You know, this is everything you know and love is completely fake. Um, do you want to exit or do you want to, like, not exit? You know, like, you're like an 80-year-old dying person. What's your choice? I'd be like, I'm taking the red pill. I'm getting out. Because yeah. I, could, I, could, I could go out and I could always come back, right? Why not? Maybe. If the technology is there, why not? Yeah, I guess they could erase your knowing of the simulation. Yeah. You go back to just being a... What is it? What is it called? The hive mentality, whatever. Uh, I'm blanking. I don't know. Whatever. 
the collective unconscious. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you just go back to being uh, the happy-go-lucky in, in your little simulations. So. Yeah. I have just some, a couple things here I just wanted to bring up. In this section, I, it's called computational theory of mind or computationalism. This kind of ties into simulation theory. So computationalism is a philosophy of mind theory stating that cognition is a form of computation. Now, Steven Pinker, he wrote a book called How the Mind Works, and he talks a lot about how, like, our our theory of mind is, like, computationally based. Like, our brain kind of works like a computer. So, like, this isn't, like, kind of out there shit. There's a lot of people in psychology that believe this is how the mind works. And this is relevant to simulation theory because it illustrates how a simulation could contain conscious subjects as required by you know a virtual people simulation so if computationalism is correct and if there is no problem in generating artificial consciousness there's then there's no problem generating artificial consciousness or cognition so the way i'm the way i think about this is we know right now we're conscious and we can think so and if our brains like our theory of mind is like computationally based well, then we know we could simulate that in the future because you would just have to arrange things in such a way that they would compute in a similar way as the brain. So, like, it's just a way of saying some people will be like, well, you, you can't simulate consciousness. You can't simulate thought. You can't simulate mind. And it's like, well, no. Even right now, like, if you could, using biology build a brain of neurons and like glia cells perfectly replicating it it should function the same way as your brain right now correct yeah and you want to have something crazy you cycle through cells all the time so like the cells that you're made up of now are different than they were in the past but you're still the same person you didn't lose continuity so this theory to me is just like if you could if you can build it it can think <laughs> hmm. okay and you could simulate you could there's another thing it's called mathematical realism and computationalism so some argue that consciousness is computation so this is a version of computationalism and if consciousness is computation then in principle it is a platform independent it is platform independent rather and thus admits of a simulation it's like it's just like a weird way of getting giving credence to number three. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if if consciousness is mathematical, then it's like okay, well, like clearly you could simulate that. It's just like it's like a weird way of like looking at how this might obviously be a simulation. It's just in the math, man. Now, my before I want to get out of this, I wanted to give some fun proofs. Like, why it's obvious that we're in a simulation. I don't put a lot of credence to a lot of these, but they're just fun. One is the Mandela effect, which we did an episode on. So, like, people remember reality one way, but then it's different when they actually look into it. I, maybe it, that could, simulation theory could yeah. explain that. From that last point that you brought up of, like, how our cells are being uh, kind of replaced by newer cells, and yeah. we don't le lose that. Uh, we don't lose anything by it. We still like continue yeah. and think the same. What if that could explain the Mandela effect? So maybe like your brain oh. cells replace themselves like every 40 years. And like when those cells replace, it's just like small little details that change. And then in your brain, you're like, wait, no, no, I remember it a different way. But because of that cell that just replaced you is just like brand new kind of. It's just a little off. Just a little off. Just a little bit error prone and then you have and it's just like one little cell that changed or like a layer of cells in your brain i like it changed i like that it would have to be like the same for everyone yeah like the same process but like that could yeah that would be interesting that's true i i, I think i just looked at it from an individualistic point of view rather than the thousands of people that remember it the same so well it's maybe still it doesn't possible. explain it but yeah because like that change could be common, like that's that it could be that could be just yeah. It's the same way like everyone has five fingers except certain people, right? Like it's yeah. some like anomaly. Certain part of the brain could like change regularly, and that's just the part of the brain that 
makes you see makes you forget or what is it does he the monopoly guy have a monocle or not a monocle no monocle (laughs) yeah it makes you think he has a monocle it's just like that could be a common change i don't know speculation this is a swerve podcast we don't fucking know (laughs) philip k dick believed many universes exist and some bleed into each other he had dreams about this and basically like the only clues that this is like universes merging into each other um, are like some variables that change. So like kind of, it kind of alludes to the Mandela effect a little bit, but it could also explain deja vu. And what I like about Philip K. Dick saying that like there's multiple universes bleeding into each other, like the many worlds hypothesis is like really not far off from that. And we brought this physicist up, Sean Carroll, like Sean Carroll, who is like one of the most prominent theoretical physicist in the world he believes in the many worlds hypothesis he believes that's the correct interpretation of quantum mechanics yet he criticized simulation theory it's kind of weird to me it's like come on you believe in the multiverse you can't believe in simulation theory like Like, it's a little strange (laughs) but you know that could be a thing many universes uh somehow versions of them bleed into one another and cause different effects uh that's it's it's kind of a like deja vu could indicate that this is like some kind of simulated reality or something strange synchronicities even today we both did shots on the podcast we didn't plan (laughs) it it just happened what is that is that simulation because if it's simulated like we'd be you know maybe we had different things and then they're like you know the Swerve podcast would be better if would be better if they had the same one, and then like whoop, whoever our you know future descendant is just programmed it quick, and it just happened. Yeah, and it's funny. It's just like fun <laughs> for them. Like we're slowly gonna make them into the same person. Yeah. So after a hundred episodes, they just start thinking the same, doing the same things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Fermi paradox is weird. This is another ind- like little clue. It's like, where the fuck are all the aliens? Right? It just seems weird. It's like the simulation is like focusing in on us. Like, why is there nothing else? Why is it just humans? I do like that uh, explanation for it. <laughs> like, it, it, it makes sense to me when I, when I think about it. Yeah. Like, that's why we don't see it. There could be yeah, other just- simulations where it happens all the time and life isn't as good but for us when it's just us in the entire universe life's good <laughs> yeah and you know we get the occasional weird orb yeah on you know near nuclear sites and that's all we get to see <laughs> <laughs> another one that's a little clue is it, the speed of light's just weird like it's the speed limit of the universe like come on like if you wanted to keep your sims from escaping the simulation it's like you would make it impossible to do so it's just weird that the that there's a speed limit like you can't go faster than the speed of light so we're just like stuck in the galaxy until we like figure it out yeah it's fucking crazy and actually max tegmark commented on this and he's like a prominent um like physicist dude so i don't know i thought that was fun um dr james gates this is a guy, he talked about error-correcting code in equations um, that he used to describe string theory. So to me, that's just weird. It's like also like a little bit of a clue. Like if there's like error-correcting code at the base of our reality, <laughs> it's like, okay, like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Like this is probably sim- like, come on, dude. Like what? Yeah, I mean, I'm it's not, you know. in plain text right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's right here. <laughs> Not that I don't believe in string theory, so I don't. I just I just think it's a it's a fun, yeah. It's a fun thing. Uh, the other thing, just everything in nature is math and physics. So it's like, again, that kind of goes to what we were talking about with the mathematical realism, computationalism wing. It's just like if it's math, it's like of course you could simulate that. It's just it's just math. So it kind of it's like a weird subtle clue. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is we have evidence that we render our own environment. And the best example of this, we've talked about it many times in the podcast. We won't go deep into it today, but the double slit experiment or the delayed choice experiment, 
right? So like if you send a particle through the slit, it either behaves as a particle or a wave. But if you measure it, it like will always behave as a particle instead of a wave. So it's like, are we just rendering our environment? Like, do things only exist because I, I perceive of them in that moment kind of thing? Yeah. So I like that as well. Just some things. Maybe we are in a simulated reality. Um, do you want to hop into final thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. So what's your, after all of this, are you, did this reinforce your belief in this theory or what do you think? Where you at? Yeah, I, it did reinforce the belief of the simulation theory, but, um, yeah, I'm just still trying to figure out whether we're currently in a simulation or if we're in base reality. <laughs> yeah. But I do Let's, believe yeah. like eventually there'll be a simulation that's identical to us. I just am not sure if we're currently in that simulation or if we're the first generation that's gonna create it. But yeah. Most likely I'm, we're in a simulation and you know. Or yeah. like you said, like we're experiencing the present and I, I did like when you said that, like we're experiencing the present, but the past and stuff is just like rendered for yeah. us based on. You'd have no way of knowing. Present. Yeah. Yeah. You have no way of knowing. I mean, again, being one of those annoying people that you were talking at the <laughs> beginning. Of, yeah. You, you just, you actually just don't like, you just don't. It's kind of, we believe we're in this like firm rooted reality um, but it's like when you really start thinking about things, you're just like, fuck. All you know is that you think. I think, therefore, I am. But yeah. even that's simulated. Even that could be simulated. So <laughs> <laughs> it'd be real to you, but it's not real per se. Now, I, I think like just going through things, it seems like there's like a lot of arguments trying to like save themselves from accepting simulation theory. And they all rely on like the stance that we cannot be sure of advanced technology, which is fair enough. Like, you know, there's some kind of limit to it or, you know, we, we, we're not sure we're going to be able to simulate in the future. Maybe there's a limit to computation, you know, stuff like this. And this is one thing I was thinking about as I was researching this. I was like, I don't believe you guys at all because we can simulate reality perfectly today and you're going to do it tonight when you go to sleep here we seriously it sounds crazy you might be like oh it's a dream this goes back to zhang z that we talked about in his stupid butterfly shit <laughs> if you take this as a fact as an axiom that it is possible right now present day in this reality for a human brain to simulate reality therefore when we can reconstruct the patterns of con of like connectivity that enable human brains to function, you know, we're doing this with AI and shit. We could have constructed a de novo simulation machine. We have them already. Like your brain is a simulation machine. You just, we don't want to think of it like that. It is. Have you ever had, dude, I've had dreams where I eat steak or I eat a food and I taste it exactly like when I'm awake. I've had dreams where like I smoke a fucking, I take a hit of like marijuana or something and I'm fucked up in the dream exactly like I would be normal. It's like, you've, here's an example. You've never, you had sex in a dream? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How was that? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so my point being is we have these brains. We just don't like to think of them like this, but they're, simulation machines present day right now we can simulate reality like near perfectly in our head so like sorry like if you don't think we have advanced tech it's like it's here we just don't know how to harness it it's a matter of harnessing it not that it whether the question is not does it exist it's can we harness it and i i, I just believe that yes we could i don't know why i i just like to think the you know the possibilities in the future are are endless and you know i don't see why it couldn't be harnessed people didn't fuck look at chat gpt no one thought that was coming it was impossible and here it is 
Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, so like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, the more I look into this, I'm just like, the chance that this is based reality. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it, like I said at the beginning, this doesn't fucking bother me. Like, whether it's a simulation or not, I'm going to do the same things that I'm going to do. I don't give a shit. You know? And unless yeah. one day I get to take a red pill, then I'm going to take the red pill. But like until that day, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just going to, this is my reality and it has meaning to me in this moment, even if it's fake. It doesn't matter, you know, that it, if it's simulated, it's still awesome. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So that's my final thought. This is a simulation and it's fucking obvious. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't be certain, but like, I just, I, I, I think I heavily lean that way. So here we are. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's, let's roll out of this then. Izzo, where can the listeners find our podcast and follow us? So you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. So we're on all the platforms. If you need help, you can go on our links. So my URLs, you can go on our website, www.theswervepodcast.com you can go on our social media pages so instagram facebook we have our links there you'll be notified of when an episode drops you'll get the links to that listen away interact with us on social media you can listen to it on youtube um comment there yeah anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find the swerve podcast there hell yeah now, we, we also have sticker packs we're giving away. Um, if you leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen and you just take a screenshot of it and DM it to us, we'll mail you out three weatherproof stickers for free. Uh, we've had a lot of listeners reach out and do this. And if you don't, for whatever reason, if you don't have Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, some people watch on YouTube or whatever your, whatever your individual case is, just make a case for yourself. Be like, hey, I liked you on Facebook, followed you on Instagram, and I subscribed on YouTube, and you DM us that, we'll send you stickers for free anyways. So I want to put that out there. Izzo, how can, is there a way to support this grassroots podcast in any way? There is. There's multiple ways. I'll mention two of them. So patreon.com slash the swerve podcast. There you will find two tiers, a ride the wave tier for $1 or three cents a day. So you'll get access to bonus episodes that we release exclusively on Patreon. You'll get shout outs on the podcast. And then for $3 a month, you can uh, join the slap the ass tier. And that'll give you access to those bonus episodes. You'll get shout outs on the podcast, but you will also receive all the episodes, both the main ones and the Patreon ones, a few days before anyone else. So you will receive them on Wednesdays or you'll receive them on Sundays rather than the typical drop time of Wednesdays. There's another way to support. It's at buymeacoffee.com slash the Swerve podcast. So there, if you don't feel like subscribing to a monthly thing on Patreon and you just want to tip the podcast, you can do that there. And all the proceeds go back into the po- uh, into the podcast, trying to make it a better product, or engage more with the with our listeners. I don't. Do we have anything else to say that we've missed? Um, I will say that you can give us your drink and topic recommendations on like DMs or message us, but you can also do that on our website, which I've already mentioned before. So there's a form there that you can fill out with your alias. Give us a drink or topic recommendation. We'll add it to the list. And yeah, when when we do that topic or make that drink, we'll give you a shout out there as well. So multiple ways to interact and, you know, um, yeah, take advantage of that while you, while you can. Yeah. Shout out again to Robert Friedman for the Tide Pod shot. This is, I didn't even know this shot was possible. And he when he recommended it, I was like, hey, I'm making this fucking shot because it's awesome. So... So with that all said, slap that ass and ride the wave.